And welcome back to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Also, be sure to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash football game plan. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And keeping with our 2019 NFL Draft prospect interviews today, I'm joined by Dartmouth offensive tackle, three-time All-Ivy offensive tackle, Matt Caskey. I appreciate you, Matt, for taking time. Hey, I appreciate you for having me on. I was uh, talking to you earlier about how uh, it's nice to have someone like you to give us small school guys some press and, uh, and you know, put stuff out about us on Twitter and uh, online and everything like that. It's great. Well, we appreciate you and all you do to give us an opportunity to go out there and see you guys ball out and play in. And one game in particular earlier in the season, it's funny because how I love the reason why I love the Ivy League schedule is that you can fit in the Friday game uh, before a Saturday game. And before I do a lot of broadcast on Saturdays, uh, sometimes I do Georgetown games, sometimes I do MEAC games or PSAC games. And this it was a Friday night game and you guys played Yale. And I went up to the Yale Bowl to, to, to do some scouting. And I was like, man, this tackle is just balling out of control and it rarely does a tackle stand out like that like you legitimately dominated so let's talk about that Yale game and take us through what went through that week because Yale came in high-powered offense very good defense and you guys went out there and dominated from start to finish yeah exactly I mean I gotta give a lot of credit to uh the coaching staff they put together a great game plan you know kind of picked apart a little bit or uh, picked apart the schemes that they were uh, running for the uh, first few games of the year and, and used that to our advantage. So uh, you can't look past that, first of all. And then uh, obviously the, the guys up front played really well. We went out there trying to send a message to the rest of the league, send a message to, you know, all of SES that uh, we're here and we're, we're here to stay. And uh, that, that was a fun game for, for all five of us up front because I, I don't know how many times we ran it, but we ran it a lot and the plays <laughs> we were running were not outside zone or anything like that it was power 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 just down blocks pulling around meeting guys in the hole you know that's fun stuff for us guys up front we don't get to score the touchdowns we just uh we like running power i will say this though if i can remember correctly i don't have it in front of me i want to say you guys ran the ball 40 to 50 times in that game and it literally wore down yale to where you just knew a touchdown was coming whether it was both quarterbacks you guys use or both tailbacks, everybody was able to get theirs because of the job you guys did up front. Oh, yeah. We couldn't wait to get back on the field. Those guys were uh, a little bit tired on the other sideline, and we, we, we were doing nothing but smiling. So I'm <laughs> sure uh, it was a little demoralizing for them because it was just power, power, power. Same play over and over again. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, as uh, as we like to say. <laughs> That's why I love watching Dartmouth play offense, man. And, you know, let's talk about Dartmouth. You know, th- this was a program that – when you probably when you got there was just kind of sort of hanging around the middle of the pack. And then Dale and Williams, the outstanding quarterback. And in that year, I think it was 2016 where you guys really exploded and Dartmouth has been a force since. So how would you feel as though your time there sort of helped develop your, your uh, skill set and help make you prepare yourself to be a pro prospect as you are right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dartmouth was, a, was a great situation to come into, you know, I got to thank the, uh, the class of 2016, uh, the class of 2017, and the class of 2015, honestly, for uh, bringing the program back to prominence and, and making us a respectable team. Um, you know, we went through a lot of losing seasons in the mid-2000s and, uh, and and stuff like that. So to get us back on top was huge. And then uh, from, uh, from 
our class's standpoint, it was our job to, to keep that going, and we couldn't rest on what the uh, the class of 2016 had done. So we had to, you know, keep going and, and, and show everyone around us, show the underclassmen and things like that, that, you know, even a nine-win season isn't good enough if you don't come up with a championship. So uh, what Dartmouth taught me is basically you can't you can't rest on a on, – on uh, on your laurels after a good season or after you've had a good year, it's it's work work work, and uh, as soon as one season ends, then the next season starts, and and I'm sure that's what uh what the drill is at the next level uh, as well. So I got to thank Dartmouth for preparing me in that way. Do you think right now, and I, I really just don't understand why people, even within the FCS, still sleep on the Ivy League. Do you feel as though the Ivy League across the board, from the way you guys balled out, Yale, Princeton scoring? 50 points a game. Do you think the Ivy League is starting to finally get their respect amongst the FCS? Absolutely. I, I think people are starting to recognize that. And you saw that in, you know, the uh, the end of season rankings with uh, us in Princeton in the in the top 15 and Princeton, obviously, in the top 10. Uh, but I, I don't think we'll ever truly get the, the full respect that we deserve until, you know, we start until we're allowed to play in the postseason, because that's where, you know, you really prove that you, your program's a great one. Uh, doing it in the regular season is one thing, but doing it in uh, in November is uh, or late November, December, stuff like that. That's a that's a totally different story. Um, so that needs to change in order for us to be, you know, uh, viewed as a as a power conference in the FCS. But uh, for sure, people are, are beginning to take notice of us. I definitely agree with you, and I'm pretty sure all the coaches in the Ivy League agree with you as well. They want that playoff. Let Let's go on the field for a second and talk your position. One thing that I notice about what you do well, you know, just going from the game I saw live and a couple of games that I watched on film, your patience as an offensive tackle. In this day and age of speed rushes coming off the edge, how are you able to maintain that patience and, and how important is that for you at your position? Uh, I think it's very important. If you rush things, then uh, you sacrifice technique and, and allow the defensive end or defensive tackle whoever it is to, to take advantage of that and maybe sack the quarterback or get a TFL. Um, so I think, I think a lot of it is confidence. You just have to trust your technique uh, to do what it's supposed to do. Uh, you know, you get a lot of times you get scared that waiting too long, will give them an opportunity, you know, gain speed and, and in the end he'll bull rush you or, you know, get around your edge or anything like that. But you got to stick to your technique, trust what your coaches have taught you throughout the years, throughout the week. And, uh, and really, really have confidence in, in what you've been uh, taught to do. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest part of being patient on the field is confidence. And uh, a big part of that is, you know, preparing throughout the week and film study and and, uh, and seeing what the, uh, the defenders do on the other team because everyone has their own uh, tendencies. And if you're able to figure out what, a, what another player likes to do or how he reacts to a certain block or a certain play, um, that allows you to, to be more confident and, and in turn allows you to be more patient and, and really uh, rely on your technique. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's where I get my patience from, I guess. So film study and just being confident in what I've been taught. Well, it's interesting you brought you brought that up because I was going to ask you about that. When you're looking at a defensive end or opposing defensive lineman, what are some of the keys that they tend to give off? Because I know from my pers uh, perspective as a running back, I used to notice – Okay, this backer loves to when he's coming, he kind of leans a little bit forward. He's standing flat footed. Um, when he's getting ready to bail, he's kind of like almost cocked to the side. He's going to drift to an end zone. So, 
What are some of the things that you were able to pick up on from a defensive lineman that kind of tipped you off to what they like to do? Yeah, so it's uh, it's obviously different from person to person, but a lot of it's not even uh, their choice, but what their coach makes them do. So on a lot of teams, uh, you have to have a certain foot back when you're slanting inside, or you have to have a certain alignment on, on, on you know, a certain blitz. So just based on the defensive scheme, they have to do things with it, with their feet or their alignment that tells you what's coming or gives you a good idea what's coming. Um, so I, I, I like to look at their alignment. I like to look at which foot's back, which hand's down. And uh, honestly, you can just look in their eyes and, and, and kind of see if they're if they're going to bring it or not that play, if they're sitting inside. You know, they're usually uh, twitched up a little bit and, and peeking in there, seeing what's going on in there. So um, a lot of it's uh, uh, alignment and, and scheme based stuff that you can pick up in film. Uh, and then some of it's just something you got to you got to do on game day on the field and see uh, see what he does, you know, when he's slanting inside or, or, or things like that. So as a lineman, I know it probably ticks you off when you see the conversation or hear the conversation and see the discussion. Uh, let's say online or on TV when people say, oh, uh, well, yeah, he's a left tackle. You just move him to right tackle or just kick him down inside the guard when it's, it's not that easy to, to do that. But when you look at your position as a tackle, what are some of the, the nuances in playing left and or right tackle? Is it more than just the, the way you set up or, or kick out? Or So what's some of the differences at playing either side of the, the, um, the position? Um. In my opinion, I've played both right and left to tackle. I've been at left since uh, sophomore year, though, so I'm more comfortable there. But uh, at least at the college level, there's not much of a difference um, between left tackle and right tackle. But uh, there is definitely a different, a, a huge difference between guard and tackle. Just being that you know you're out there on an island, you're not, you don't have you know a center on one side and a tackle on another. You got a bunch of space, and the, and the guys you're blocking are, are really speedy. So. Uh, something that you need to, to be is, is patient, like we talked about earlier. Um, you can't be scared out there. You got to trust yourself um, to be able to operate in space around, you know, honestly, much better athletes, faster, quicker guys um, coming off the edge. Uh, so that, that's kind of the main difference between guard and tackle at the college level. Um, but honestly, left, right, uh, to me, they're pretty similar. And I think I could make the switch pretty easily. Uh, and if any uh, NFL teams are listening, you know, uh, I'll be able to make the switch to any position. As as give me an opportunity. I'll play long snapper. I don't care. <laughs> I love how you fixed it right there. That's, that's a good answer. Um, let's talk about your pro day. You just wrapped up your pro day. And I know it's – I always ask this question because I always want to get different perspectives on it because it's so weird. You're playing out there in front of a bunch of large crowds. But this is different, man. Like, you could be out there working out your pro day and you, you finish your drill and you look up and you see a scout writing something on a pad. now. He could just be writing his grocery list, but in your mind, you're like, man, I wonder what he did, what he sees, what I did, what I did wrong, or what he's writing. But how was your pro day? How did you think you 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 did? And what were some of your takeaways? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a different uh, atmosphere than a game. You know, I've been playing football all my life. You know, since fifth grade until now, and uh, I haven't been in a in a forty star more than you know <laughs> five times before starting this training. So I'm not a sprinter or anything like that. So it's a little bit awkward and. Uh, and uh, it's definitely not something I'm, uh, I'm totally comfortable with, like I am, you know, pass setting or down blocking or pulling and stuff like that. So it's nerve wracking knowing you only get uh, two opportunities, uh, given that you've been training, you know, eight, ten times a week for the past three months. Um, and it's all resting on 
on two times on, on all these drills. Uh, but uh, I, I think my pro day went well. I think I, I showed him what my, my strengths are. Uh, I, I was moving well laterally. I think uh, um, in the agility drills, I performed very well um, for an offensive lineman above average. Uh, and in the uh, positional drills, I, I thought I looked good out there. I looked fluid, um, looked flexible. Um, uh, definitely something that uh, might set me back a bit is my 40 time. Uh, I ran a 5.53, which is obviously pretty slow, but uh, that's not my strength. I, I see myself as more of like a quick, a, a guy who uses quickness instead of speed. Obviously, at O-line, it's it's uh, the 40 doesn't really factor in much, but um, I was still disappointed with that. Um, but overall, felt good out there. Thought I moved well and and thought I showed him what my my strengths were. If you're running 40 yards on a football field in the game, then that tells me that something went horribly wrong. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, the ball's going back the other way. Yeah. Uh, what was some of the feedback you got from scouts? Um, you know, they, they liked the way I moved. They thought my times and the agility drills were good. Um, they, the, the biggest takeaway I got from them was that I need to change my body composition a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, switch some of the fat out for, for muscle. Um, uh, and uh, just look more like Quentin Nelson than uh, than anyone else, you know that that beast of a man for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, so got to do some things with my diet and uh, workout plan. Try to cut down the fat and uh, get in better shape. So that's kind of the main the main takeaway. It's interesting, man, because you, you you're taught forever as an offensive lineman to bulk up, gain weight, and, and that way you could survive the the rigors of a season, but as you move forward, you really have to change how you eat and really, like they say, kind of, you know, change your body to a different to, to meet a different type. And I think you definitely have that ability because you are so tall. Um, yeah. And so you can lean out pretty quickly and, and do it with sex. That's why you're quick laterally side to side. When, when you look at your game overall, again, we talked about the power. We talked about your quickness. What do you feel as though your game is still being underrated? Yeah. Uh, I definitely think my quickness is underrated um, uh, in my kick slide and, and, and stuff like that. And the feedback I got during the season when scouts came up to, to watch practice and, and, you know, got in the film room was that I need to be better and quicker with my kick slide. Um, and I, I think that uh, a lot of it is just kind of uh, thinking that the – like we talked about earlier, thinking about that the Ivy League, you know, doesn't have the same – level of athletes as, uh, as other conferences, which is definitely true when we're, you know, comparing the SEC or, you know, Big Ten to, to the Ivy League. But in terms of FCS uh, conferences, I think uh, they match up pretty well. So I think uh, that kind of contributed to uh, people maybe thinking that I'm not as athletic as I am, because uh, I think uh, that's, that's one of my biggest strengths uh, is just being an athlete out there, staying on my feet um, and being flexible on the field. Yeah, it's yeah. it's impossible to, for me to see you as a non-athlete. One offensive lineman probably are the most athletic guys out there on the football field. Period. Appreciate that. <laughs> I think you're the only guy who's ever said that to me. <laughs> but, but think about it. Like you guys are. I mean, it's easier for backs for all these other lighter positions to be able to move. But the Absolutely. fact that you guys are able to be out there carrying that weight and move consistently, and it seems like you guys don't get tired more so than everybody else on the football field. So yeah, we don't get any breaks like the uh, like the other positions. We're out there all day long. 
Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it, man. And you guys always maintain that level of calmness throughout the course of a game, too, where everybody else around you is yapping up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you look at the game and, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you're a big football fan and you're, you're looking at guys at the next level that you're going to be competing with and competing against and be playing with side by side. Who are some of the guys that you, you look at and you try to emulate or take pieces of their game and add it into yours? Uh, I love Taylor Lewan. He is uh, his attitude out there. I think it's similar to mine, and that's that's something that I pride myself on. It's just being uh, honestly kind of an asshole out there. Uh, <laughs> you need that to be a, to be a great offensive lineman. You got to get under the skin of other guys, and you know you probably saw uh, Taylor Lewan with Josh Norman after uh, they beat the Redskins, giving him the business on the sideline. So love it. Uh, I love that about him, but uh, but more than that, he's also super athletic out there. Um, you know, he's one of those freak. Offensive lineman's offensive lineman who ran like a four nine or a four eight something out there, you know, looks ripped up, looks like a GQ model, and is, is still able to endure an NFL season and, and uh, move guys around out there. Um, and it, that that's kind of the same thing with uh, Trent Williams, uh, the same type of attitude as Taylor Wan, and the same type of athleticism. So those are two guys that I, that I like to see out there. You know, obviously they're a little bit more uh, more athletic than me and. Uh, but I think I bring the same attitude and, and I think eventually uh, or hopefully I'll be able to, um, you know, be compared to them. Uh, that would be awesome. I tell you what, attitude is one of the best traits uh, I love about offensive linemen because you talk trash to these linebackers. And from my perspective, you get up, you tell offensive linemen, oh, man, go handle my lightweight right there. And he go, yeah. he go, he go back <laughs> me up, you know what I'm saying? So I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> when you talk about love and love for the game, what is it about the game that you love the most? Uh, teammates. Uh, just being on a team and, and being able to fight for – for the uh, the 120 guys that that have been working all season with you, and in the off season, but you know you really got to appreciate the fact that if you're on the field starting, that you, you get the opportunity to play this game. Whereas you know a lot of guys don't get to see the field, and they're putting in the same work as you, um, and so you you can't take it for granted, and you gotta you gotta give it all give it your all on your every play just just for those guys around you. So. That's kind of what I like best. I like being in the locker room, bullshitting with the guys, um, having a good time after practice, uh, um, and and that's kind of what what uh, what has kept me, what, what's helped me maintain my love for the game throughout, you know, all these years is is just the, the guys. I think that's the the main answer I get from everyone, even you know, current players or guys that are done playing whether it's college ball, high school ball, pro ball, it's always about the locker room, man, because that that brotherhood, that camaraderie, you can't recreate that in no shape or fashion in corporate America, man. It's the it's a, one of the more unique things about the game of football, man. It's, it's totally remarkable. It's when, awesome. It's awesome. Outside of the Yale game, because I, I, I have directed people to go check out the Yale game, what game would you say – uh, go check this one out because this tells you everything that I bring to the table, and it's it's one that can give you a great snapshot of of what I can be as a pro. What game would that be, and why? Uh, I'm gonna say the Princeton game uh, first of all, just because that was our biggest game of the year, and uh, I think I, I played as best I could in that game and brought uh, tremendous energy and attitude to it. Um, I thought I, I, I ran blocked well, uh, and I and I passed blocked well. 
So uh, that's kind of the game game for me because I think if you don't play well in, in the biggest game of the season, that's uh, that's really telling of, of who you are as a football player. Uh, so that, that's that'd be my advice. Check out the Princeton game, and it says uh, says a lot about my my game. You hit the nail on the head. How you perform in the biggest game? So Princeton was one. Yale was definitely another one. Uh, I want to say both you guys were undefeated. Uh, in that in that matchup, or maybe Yale had one loss, but I think it was a it was a big time game anyway. Yeah, so, yeah you definitely perform well in the big games. That's that's what I like about what you bring to the table, Matt. Where can people follow you on on social media so they can continue to follow you on this journey as you make the trek to the NFL? Uh, yeah, so you can follow me at Matt Cassie seventy eight on Twitter and uh, on Instagram. It's at Manakis eighty five M A N A K I S eighty five. That's been my Instagram name for as long as I can remember, and uh, I have I have no idea why I made it that, but uh, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I was I was hoping you was gonna have some O line or D line killer or something like that as the <laughs> Instagram name, but I'll settle for that, man. But man, it's been fun talking to you, man, and a big fan of your game, and we definitely wish you the best of luck moving forward. Hey, thanks for for all you do. I uh, appreciate you.